It's Nancy Yearall, and welcome to Nancy's Psychic View on the high road to humanity. And all the way from the UK today is Padma, and I guess it's Aeon Prakasha. Is that proper? That's right. Yeah. Wow. Welcome to the high road. Thank you. He's written this book. This is going to be an amazing show. And I told him before um, we got on today that, you know, divine guidance, divine God's God's here because um, we've got this crazy cell phone, computer, television, FEMA alert going on today. And uh, today is um, October the 4th. And that's what's happening. And he is here to talk about sound. <laughs> <laughs> so he's written this wonderful book on the front of it. You can see the hologram. It's Shiva's hologram. And is it the Maheshwara Sutra? The Maheshwara Sutra. Yeah. Maheshwara. Okay. I'm not like Indian, but I try. <laughs> but there's, we're going to talk about sound and we're going to talk about creation and the power of words and the power of, and how this all really came into being. And it's going to be a really interesting show, but before, um, even read his bio, I want to talk real quick about what's happening today. So here's the headline. So FEMA and the FCC plan a nationwide emergency alert test for October 4th. That's today. Test, me test messages will be sent to all TVs, radios, and cell phones. This is coming from Washington. FEMA, in coordination with the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, will conduct a nationwide test of the emergency alert system and the wireless emer emergency alerts. So the national test will consist of two portions. Um, both tests are scheduled to begin at approximately 2.20 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, October 4th. Now, there's a lot of people, and myself included, where I'm just going to put my, I'm going to turn my phone off. I think I'm going to cover my computer with um, foil just to make sure and my phone with foil. And yet that's what you can do. Or you can put it in the microwave. And don't forget your Apple Watch because I have an Apple Watch and I'm going to do that too. And I'm going to tell you, and, and you know, Padma's probably laughing at me, but I believe in the power of sound. I really, really do. And I don't trust people. <laughs> so much and so the conspiracy theories say so i have to do both sides of the coin here so they say about fema's emergency alert test spread online that it's a planned test um they're saying to block emergency alert tests it's not in your setting so they want your um they're saying turn it off and they're saying that the cell phones nationwide are to activate nanoparticles such as graphene oxide that have been introduced into people's bodies. Just reading the headline. Okay. Just telling you what's out there, making everybody aware of what's happening. Okay. So it's up to you, everybody make your choice. So today, Padma is going to talk. He is a wisdom author. I will say that. He's a vibrational media creator, and he's a public speaker. He's bringing together ancient wisdom and modern science. He's written some books. He's he's produced some music. Um, they include the power of Shakti womb wisdom, sacred relations. I really was intrigued by um, you talking about your songs. There's a song of light that you produce. So I want to talk about that a little bit. You've got quite the background. You've done TV work. Um, you 
were involved in the co-discovering of the first mummified Tibetan Lama from Mystery of the Tibetan Mummy. And that was on the Discovery Channel. That's so cool. You know, he's just got this amazing, you guys, bio. I could be here all day. Um, <laughs> he's a producer. And, um, you know, he's traveled a lot. And he really um, supports the environment by leading groups um, on transformational journeys to globally significant sacred sites in 15 countries. Now that I would like to do. That would be really cool. So he's uh, he's done this on five continents over the last 20 years. He's appeared on the BBC radio, um, the Times of India, Variety Magazine, Kindred Spirits, Dreamland Radio. And now he's here to talk about sound. And I guess my first question for you, I want you to tell us your story. How did you become interested in sound? It just started to happen when I was a child, really. Um, I first got into guitar, and then um, after I left university, I had this very chance meeting with a famous British Indian musician on the stairs of the Royal Albert Hall, which was a concert hall in in London, Mm -hmm. which is where all the big international classical artists um, play. Mm -hmm. And I just met him on the stairs, and we just looked at each other, and we had one of those oh, oh, moments. Okay. And then he invited me to come and play at his nightclub, which was called the Blue Note Club in Hoxton Square in London, which was London's trendiest club at the time. Wow. And then we it just kind of kicked on from there, really. Um, would you play? Just, well, hold on. What did you play? I sing. Oh, but I also, I also produce um, produce music as well. So I'm a singer, but also a producer. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure. I didn't know. Okay, cool. That's awesome. You know, yeah. and you you start this book um with the dance of the Shiva. And um because sound, and I don't know, when did you start to realize how important sound was and that it was from creation, um, like it was the blueprint of creation. How did you start to even think about this kind of stuff? When I was playing music, I was making my own music at this at the Blue Note. And then when I was playing it, I saw people praying. Because I, I wasn't making normal music, I was making sacred music, but with beats and with other instrumentation behind it so that people could groove to it. Got it. And when I saw people pray to it, that really struck me. I, I thought, wow. You know, there's some real power here. If I'm getting people to pray, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So And then when I was initiated by my teacher in London, and then I started to go very deeply into mantra, and my consciousness would radically shift into a very deep, intoxicated, blissful state, that's when I really got the power of sound as a transformative force that could totally transform your consciousness into our essence, Mm -hmm. which is love and bliss. That is our essence. Yes. So when I really marinated in that for a while, and that radically transformed me and my consciousness and my wisdom and my ability to also then help and transform others, you know, that's that's when everything kind of clicked together about as to the power of sound and how the more that we raise our frequency using certain ways mm-hmm. is how we can overcome, you know, a lot of things in our environment. Like, for example, this FEMA broadcast. Oh, yeah. if, if your frequency is high enough, it, w- it won't affect you. Right. But it can affect you know what I'm concerned about, and I can't really talk about too much on, on my YouTube channel. I got to be careful, but I'm concerned about 
the people who took the jab because yeah. that's what I'm concerned about. And and you're right. You're absolutely right. And it's interesting. There was somebody on TikTok that reminded me um, today. It's interesting. I like TikTok. And this lady was saying, remember, you're you're divinely um, guarded. You know, and all us light workers and all us people who do this kind of work or, you know, your music, you know, you're doing this kind of work. We are protected against that. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, it's it's true. It's just a law of resonance. It's a universal law. Yeah. So the law of vibration, law of resonance simply states that, that if your frequency is higher than your environment or negative energies or negative spirits mm-hmm. or negative EMFs or 5G or whatever it is. You don't have just, to worry. It just won't affect you. And and I find that there's 5G all around me where I am staying at the moment. And when I walk down the street, it doesn't bother me. Nothing really bothers me. I can be in the middle of a city of 10 million people and it doesn't bother me whatever is going on because I am a walking island of light because my vibration is high enough. And I'm sure lots of other people experience that too. You know what? You're so right. Because, and I can, I can actually remember when it, my vibration wasn't, well, it's always been high, but when it wasn't high enough or when I worried and then you come to the realization, I think it's a whole thing. You know what I mean? When you start working on yourself and connecting with the divine, let's talk about this book. How long did this take you? Cause this is amazing. I just want everybody to know this is a really cool book. How long did it take you? This took me about hmm, 23 years to write. (laughs) I Um, I bet. <laughs> from the beginning of of of, of um, reading the sutra, which is the Maheshwar Sutra, is a very ancient and very rare sutra kept in the Shaivite, the Shiva tradition in India. Right. So it's not really been released until now. So the first time I read it, my whole body started to vibrate, literally, you know, go on song, so to speak. And I knew that I had to write about it. But it took me 23 years for my vibration to rise high enough and for my wisdom to refine enough to be able to do it justice because it's an extremely important sutra. The sutra basically comes after the dance of Shiva, which, of course, everyone knows about the dance of destruction, the dancing Shiva. Well, tell us, because there's people in the audience who don't know. So would you mind giving us a brief overview, please? Sure. Yeah. So... It's very iconic. So the dancing Shiva is a Shiva who has his arms out and he's dancing. He's he's in this Nataraja Raja dance pose, the king of the dancers, the lord of the dance. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of a cycle of creation or the end of the world, it is said that Shiva dances to destroy the world in order to resurrect a new world that is free from the evil and the ignorance and the corruption and the greed and the chaos and the fear of the previous world. Mm -hmm. That is the dance of Shiva. And so Shiva only dances when things have got so bad on earth, when the corruption and ignorance and greed and fear have got so dark, that then Shiva is called upon to dance, to destroy that whole matrix, to destroy the world. And then the next part is a Maheshwar Sutra, which is what this book is about. 
which is when Shiva recreates a world, when God recreates a world through sound and then resurrects a human being or resurrects a world or resurrects the universe into version 2.0. So into, you know, the next octave of the divine human matrix or the divine human blueprint or essentially what we are in essence without the ignorance and without the matrix and without the fear and the darkness of the previous world. Now, what do you feel? Do you think this is going to happen here? I'm feeling 2025. I don't know why I feel 2025, but I do. What do you think? I feel like this book is coming out at a very auspicious and very timely moment in Earth history. Yes. And it's been kept very secret in the Shaivite lineage for 2,200 years. So it's only coming out now. Now. I know. <laughs> And this, and it's this kind of scary trade. and exciting all at the same time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> exhilarating. It's, it's it's exciting. It's definitely exciting because, yeah. hey, transformation is upon us. That's exciting, isn't it? Right, so, it is, finally. Um, yeah. And this sutra comes directly from Shiva. It's not written by human. It's come directly, like a lot of the Indian texts and the Buddhist texts as well, are come directly from the Buddha, come directly mm-hmm. from the divine. So... The reason it's being released now is exactly this, is because people need to get ready and people need to have a guide as to what the divine blueprint actually is and then be able to utilize it or follow it or be able to actually put it into practice in their life rather than being attuned to the old matrix, which is corrupt and which is dying. And I think most people can see that now, that old matrix is dying. And it's like last gasp attempts by the powers that be, let's say, who prop up that old matrix based on fear and money and greed and corruption and ignorance. Um, They're making their last stand, so to speak, and that's becoming, I think, really obvious for many millions of people. Mm. So I I feel like it's really good timing that this is coming out right now to be able to give people a divine perspective on everything and also bring people into that unity consciousness because a whole book is about being in a unity state of consciousness, not being in a dualistic state, but actually accepting what is happening, but also attuning oneself into that unity state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have become the me, me, me with the phones. Yeah. And it's really, it's actually become very obnoxious. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Well, and you can see it, you know, you can actually see it when you, uh, people are so... I don't know. It's, it's almost like people are just want to be seen. I think mm. everybody just wants to be seen and everybody wants to be heard, but they're forgetting about their fellow man. The interesting thing for me is always, I can remember going to a rock concert. It was a Def Leppard concert and it was several years back. Right. And I had left my phone in the car by accident. But what I realized was nobody was watching the concert. They were all looking at their phone. And so I guess it's become that type of a society and where somebody would really kill somebody just um, over a few dollars. Yeah. It's really become terrible. So I guess my question is not that you have all the answers here, Padma, but I mean, what do you see? Do you see, I see everything getting worse before it gets better, before it can be rebuilt. What do you feel on this whole situation? I know it's kind of a large question, but... 
It depends which mode of vibration you're vibrating at. Well, I know so, that, but I mean, overall, all of us who are at a higher vibration, there's a lot of people that say there's a second earth and we'll ascend. I'm just getting your take on this. Some people say there's a second earth and, and the people will go this way. It says in the Bible, you know, that people will come up. So I'm always thinking, well, maybe a lot of us will come up and some of us will stay and complete that you know, mission. So everybody's got a little bit, a different take. What, what did you kind of get from all your research from this? What do you think? So in the Eastern and Western traditions, there are seen to be four modes of sound that every living being resonates at. Okay. The first mode is this matrix mode that we're talking about. Okay. The second mode or the next higher mode is known as a bridge or the interface or madhyama in Sanskrit okay. or pardes in uh, Hebrew. And so that mode is when you start to move out of the matrix, you start to move out of the mind and you start to come into your intuitive self that works through pictures and sacred geometries and Reiki and things like this, you know, a different wave band of vibration. Right. And then um, as you raise your vibration even higher, you come into a very one-pointed, almost a unity state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that is silence, because from silence is where all sound comes from. And ultimately, we want to use all sound to return back to the silence, because that's a peace that everyone is looking for, that inner silence, that yeah. inner peace. Inner peace, yeah. Right. So th in a nutshell, those are the four modes of sound. So which one you are vibrating in is, will determine your perception of reality. So I can be walking around in the middle of a polluted 5G fearful city like London, for example, yeah. and be in a golden age state of consciousness, totally happy, totally loving, totally peaceful, totally quiet, no thoughts, just being present there and enjoying myself actually right whereas somebody else who is in living or vibrating at that moment in the matrix mode would feel busy stressed scared unsure insecure overwhelmed and so on so it really does come down to these four modes of vibration which i talk about in the book because mm -hmm. Once you know how to access them, and there are fast ways to access them, like, for example, if you meditate with a sacred geometry, and you do a certain mantra that is a sacred geometry, because geometry is sound and sound is geometry, right. within 10 minutes, you're going to shift your vibration. Right, you exactly. Know? Yes, I agree if, with you. If you're to do a certain mantra, that will also shift your, your vibration within five minutes. Right. So... I kind of think I don't want to interrupt you, but I kind of think that the people who have the higher vibration will help the people with the lower vibration come up. Oh. I think a lot of us will be here to help. And I just want to interject really quick. I know this is about sound, and I really am a big believer in sound and the healing power of sound. And I want to talk about that today too. But what I want to say is that I connect with the divine source, God, whatever you want to say, that energy every single day and bring in that light. And that's what keeps my vibration high. And that's why probably you do that too. Do you do that too? Absolutely. Do okay. Absolutely. Right. I just want to make sure we're on the same. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, All right. Yeah, of course. For, okay. for, me, for me, it comes down to like two things. One, that God is in my spine. Right. So God is in my nervous system and my and so tuning into that every day brings me into a lot of joy and a lot of gratitude and a lot of love. Okay. And then secondly, meditating and going into silence, which is a source of all sound. 
And when um, when I do that every day, or when that happens every day, all sound stops. And so all vibration ceases. Mm -hmm. And so that's, for me, is a platform to then go into my day and engage with every frequency that I come across from a place of silence, mm -hmm. because all sound dissolves into silence. It's its home. It's a source. The source of everything is silence. So God is God is that silence as well. Mm -hmm. So simply entering that every day and then moving from that means that everything is is pretty awesome during the day, and nothing really bothers you because there's that silence. Because every everything in creation is vibration, but within underneath that, every vibration is silence as well. Interesting. It's very interesting. That's why they say the power of now. Stay in the in the present moment. I want to talk a little bit about because you do have a you do have so many different chapters. He talks about so many different things in here. So I'm gonna skip around a little bit. But you talk about the 42 vibrational medicines. Um of the sutra and you see it's a vibrational medicine kit and i totally believe this and this is why i want you to talk about this um because vibrational medicine you say can trigger the body mind into activating its own medicine because our bodies are really set up to heal ourselves so can you elaborate like okay i've got an issue with my left eye what do i do to make it okay Right. So you would do a particular sound or series of sounds for the left, left eye and the element that that's connected to. So that would be space um, or air, depending on what the, your ail ailment is, mm -hmm. or fire, depending on what the ailment is. So, you know, if it was being a really general diagnosis, yes, it would be fire. But if it was connected to your ears, or your throat or sound, then it would be space. So it all depends on on the person. But for example, if I was to give a general diagnosis and look at that person, oh, there's something wrong with my left eye. It's okay, put your hand here, come into a certain mudra and do this sound or these series of sounds for for the for the eye and for the fire element and yeah. do that every day for 10 minutes and within a few days you'll notice a difference yeah so, you know you're right you're absolutely right because i got online because <laughs> i was like checking this out right so i just googled it i was like sound for left eye it comes up you guys and then i sat there Although I'm a type A personality, it was hard for me to sit there and listen to stuff, but I did. And I think it's amazing because that works. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I've seen it work on many people. And, you know, it can go deeper than that, it can go into the cause because of the eye you know, whatever the ailment is, is just yeah. a symptom of a deeper cause. So then you right. really want to go into the cause and heal the cause. Right, right. And that that you can also do through a sequence of sounds as well. So the 42 sounds in the Maheshwara Sutra cover all of creation. So there's particular meanings that go with each sound. So you can custom or tailor make a mantra for yourself, which I find really interesting and really cool. Yeah. You can to make mantras for yourself depending on what your strengths and weaknesses are mm -hmm. so if you want to strengthen a certain part of you or a certain element within you or a certain aspect of your soul or a certain aspect of your creative capacity or whatever or your sexuality or whatever it is mm -hmm. you can then find the sounds that will do that and then do them and then by repeating it over a couple of days or weeks then you will actually your body will start to produce that frequency by itself through the process of entrainment it will trigger that 
medicine within yourself, which I find the most interesting because then yes. your body to do it yourself. So you don't need someone else to do it for you. You become your own vibrational medicine cabinet, so to speak. And you just pick and choose the vibrational medicines that you need in order to stimulate your nervous system into creating that medicine for yourself, by yourself, and therefore you heal yourself. Absolutely. Wow. Yes. Can we just get this out to the world so everybody realizes? (laughs) (laughs) Because... It's true. It is so true. We are, we can heal ourselves. I totally have always believed in sound healing. When I went to Sedona about a year ago, I got a, I went to the crystal bowl store. Oh man, it was so cool. And each bowl has a different note. And I'm sure you're familiar with the crystal. And I bought, I think I have enough sharp. It's love and it's pink and it's made of Himalayan salt and crystal. Nice. And I bought it for when I go and do, you know, speeches or whatever. And I do it from, I really kind of bought it for myself, but then now I'm like, oh, I can share it with everybody. But, you know, and even my cats like freak out when I do the crystal bowl. Do you have them? Do you use them? I'm curious. Um, I have. I don't, I don't own any, but I've definitely noticed when I, when I sound mantras that animals get still and animals come closer as well. Yes. What about the crystal bowls? Do you use anything like that? Or do you use any of the Tibetan bowls or anything like that for sound? No. No, I always find that um, human sound from the voice is the most powerful medicine. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And actually, there are scientific studies done by Fabian Mamin, who's a famous sound healer in France. Okay. And he did these um, series of experiments on working with cancer cells. Okay. And so they used um, tuning forks and crystal balls tuned yeah. to a certain frequency, and it worked to a degree. Right. Yeah. But what they found was the most powerful and what worked within nine minutes to break up cancer cells was the same frequency coming through the human voice. So what did they have them say? Did they have them sing, hum? What did they have them yeah. do? They had them sing at a particular frequency, 200 hertz or 220 hertz. I can't remember exactly. But then they did the same frequency through instruments. And they found that the frequency sung through the human voice worked far more powerfully and far quicker within nine minutes. Okay. So what you're started to break up the cancer cells. So what you're saying, and I gotta understand this because this is really cool. So what you're saying is if I would sing, they would pick up my frequency, take that frequency, put it into the musical instruments, and use that to heal. Is that right? No, they just sang literally over the cancer cells. Just sang over the cancer cells. But they sung at the very particular frequency. Of the and person's they, of that person's yeah. voice. Yes, exactly. Okay. So okay. Okay. then they used the same frequency, say of 220 hertz. I, I'm not sure exactly what frequency it was. Okay. But then they used exactly the same frequency using instruments like tuning forks and right. crystal etc etc and it was half as powerful and it took far longer to to heal and break up the cancer cells and that's because we're set up to heal ourselves and the human voice is a is a mirror of god that's why it's a word and god and in in the bible you know the word was issued for so that was a divine voice we 
have that within ourselves. We can right. emulate that. We can replicate that. We have that power within us because that God is within us. Right. So we can make those sounds. Right. And so we can make those sounds to heal ourselves and others. And there's plenty of people who are doing that, you know, just through their voice. Well, so, yes, you're absolutely right. That's why I do this show. <laughs> <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> Because you're so right on, man. This is so cool. I just want you guys to really pay attention to this because it's true. You know, whether somebody listens to what I say or not, believe it or not, my voice is healing. And I know that. And I've known it for a long time. I don't use the microphone like I used to because some people say, oh, it's too loud. So I just, okay. But I'm just saying, I believe in the power of the voice, the power of song. Because in the beginning, I'm just going to say this, like you just said, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And that comes from St. John in his gospel. Exactly. Well, you know, that saying from St. John is actually taken word for word from the Rig Veda, which was written about 3,000 years before that verse in the Bible. Yeah. And John uh, apparently studied in India. There's no other way he could have got that word for word. It is exactly word for word in the Rig Veda. And And then he repeated it and put it into the Bible. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, it is really good. You know, and that's why I always talk about the spoken word. I want you to talk about the vibration of this and because, you know, it really helps people if they understand because what you what you think, what you say, what you feel goes out to the universe and that does create our reality. Um, talk a little bit about this. What would you find? What what does Shiva say <laughs> about this? <laughs> well, I think the 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 deepest principle to understand and then it makes everything simpler is that we are making sound and if we make sound that can be patterned to lead us into silence then we will realize that source within us because because from in the beginning was the word what was before the word there was silence and from that silence came the word so seeing as we are part of god and god is within us we also have that power but we can only realize that power if we access that silence because that's where all sound comes from and it's where all sound goes to so that to me is like the most powerful medicine of sound healing is silence silence. and that's that's a paradox of it but it's the truth of it as well so the more we can come into that silence or starting off with quiet the more we can use sound because this is actually the paradox and beauty of sound we can use it to travel into silence really quickly if we know what we're doing and so if we can do that then we can make sound that will be coming from that silence and that will be the most powerful sound healing that you or somebody else can experience and you can do this in meditation you can very practically you can say a mantra internally and then it gets quieter and quieter until the mantra stops and then you go into the silence from that which i'm sure a lot of people experience which which is why they do mantra meditation because it's such a fast and direct way um, first of all to focus a mind to focus a body to focus a nervous system mm-hmm. but then to go beyond that into the silence because sound is the greatest vehicle into silence you can't just sit there and go okay i'm going to be silent and sit there <laughs> that, that's pretty hard to do right you know? But if you're using certain sounds or certain geometries or whatever it is, 
then it actually becomes quite easy. So what do you suggest if somebody's just starting out? Do they do OM or what do they do when they first start out? What mantra is a good mantra for the audience to know to, to begin with? Well, there's, 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 there's thousands. Is there any in the book that we could, you know, is there one in the book? Or do you put some in here that we there's, could try? There's many in the book, but like I'm saying, one one major reason I love the Maheshwara Sutra is that you can see the sounds in there and you can choose the ones that you resonate to and that you know the meaning of. And I think that's really important to know the meaning of the sounds that you're sounding and that you're creating and that you're vibrating with. So you can actually choose your own that you know you need in order to raise your frequency, you choose your own and then you you do that. And that will have the deepest impact on you. There's a lot of generic mantras in the, in the Indian and Buddhist traditions. And yes, a lot of them are great, you know, and they work fine. But the most powerful mantra is not available to the public. You know, they have to come through a teacher, first of all. And secondly, the generic mantras are nice, but they're not custom made to your vibration. They're not tailor made to you. So I don't really go into the generic mantras. I don't really resonate with them gotcha. because they're not custom made to me. And also I know much more powerful mantras than what is available out there. Gotcha. But I would say for a beginner is like, read this book, choose the sounds, custom make your own mantra that is defined for you, that resonates yeah. for you, that suits your vibration perfectly and totally and completely. And that is empowering as well. You get to choose, you get to vibrate where you want to vibrate. You get to take full self-responsibility for your evolution and you get to direct your own evolution. And to me, that's really empowering. That's huge. Thank you for sharing that with us. That makes a whole lot of sense. I want to talk a little bit about um, the creation story because this really fascinated me. Um, you know, Adam names each uh, form, bringing it into existence. And I don't think people have thought about it like this. Like, and you talk about, you give the analogy of when the Hawaiians were, were, um, waiting, we're seeing the ships or they couldn't see the ships that Captain Cook uh, was, you know, coming over and because they had never, they didn't know about a ship and they didn't know what it was. So they couldn't see it. Talk about this a little bit because your words, it's just like I'm putting a new book to, I'm writing a new book. And so, and I thought about this when I read this, I thought, oh, well, I've, now I've made this book you know, uh, I brought it into manifestation because I gave it a name. You know what I mean? So talk yeah. about this. Because I don't think people look at things this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the, in the, in the Western tradition, in the Kabbalah, it is said that there was nothing in creation. And Adam just brought everything into creation just by giving it a sound, by making the sound of that form. Right. So in the same in India, Brahma, the creator, was sitting there in nothingness. And he just literally sounded each form, each object, each aspect of creation into form just by sounding it. So this is all an allegory and it, for, for us, you know, if we sound something in a specific way, I'm not just talking randomly, but I'm talking a very specific, directed, focused way, and we sound it, then it will happen. It may not happen that moment, or it may do. It may happen next day or the next week or whatever. But if we repeat 
the particular sound sequences, then we entrain to that sound frequency and then it will become reality. But the key affirmations is, work, right? That's why af- people do affirmations. Right, right. Yeah. 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 And, and sometimes sometimes affirmations work and sometimes they don't. Um because um because of the woundings that people have which will block the affirmation so if you're saying i am worthy i am worthy but actually you got deep shame and unworthiness you need to heal (laughs) you need to heal the deep shame and unworthiness first don't you and then it'll be true yeah then you'll be worthy but you can't just say it and you know wait a minute but wait a minute if you say it though here's what i think and i'll just take this a little step further so if you're going to say it you know, I'm worthy, then what I feel is the universe picks up on that and it helps you um, heal that. Yeah, but you still have to heal it. Right. Well, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Starts, the, the energy moves. When you are when you recognize, my point is when you recognize, when you're aware, here we are, we're back to awareness, right? So yeah. when you're aware, then that changes the energy is my point. Right. But you so, still have to... <laughs> You still have to do the shadow work on it as well. Right, 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 right. Well, let's talk about that because that's a big thing that people are talking about now. And that's something that I've had to do myself. And and I always tell the audience about it, you know, got to work on yourself because we all had stuff happen to us when we were little kids and we've all had our minds programmed. And so, you know, it's taken, I'm sure you're, you've had to read program a lot of different things i've had to reprogram you know um address that i mean it's really coming to the forefront where each of us has to go in within and work on ourselves exactly Mm -hmm. and i feel like one of the biggest shadow works that we all have to do is parental and ancestral yeah talk about that yes yes i've done a huge amount of ancestral healing have you because you talk about it in the book you do a whole chapter on it yeah yeah because It's extremely important because most people are running around with these programs, not just from their parents, but from their grandparents their great grandparents and, you know, seven generations, 10 generations, 14 generations back. That's crazy, right? To think about that. It's all in our it's in ourselves and in our DNA and we can't help it, huh? Yeah, yeah. You, you you have to deal with it because it's within you. It's not outside of you. It's actually in your body. Right. I had to, yeah, go back um, 11 or 12 generations in order to heal great wow. traumas, deep traumas that happened to my ancestors. Wow. And so that was that was pretty traumatic to be able to dive into that and feel that suffering because I had to literally feel the suffering in my own body and release it from my body as well. So that was quite... Um, it was very powerful and it took some time to do, but I'm really did you do a regression, a regression. I didn't mean to interrupt your thought, but did you do a regression or how did you do that? Um, I did a few different ways. In the Indian tradition, there is a huge amount of work that is dedicated to ancestral healing. Oh. So there's a lot of variety of methods you can use because it's very well recognized. Okay. In the Western world, there's hardly anything. There's hardly anything to heal the ancestor apart from a modality called family constellations. Mm-hmm. But that is a is a modality that can help you heal some of your ancestral patterning, and it works effectively. But it doesn't do all of it. It does some of it. 
So I've done both approaches and I found the family constellations to be great at doing certain little things and larger things. But I found that in the Indian tradition, I found far more powerful tools and means and methods and understandings, first of all, deeper wisdom and understandings about your ancestors and how to work with them and the love that is there and also the things that you need to do. So I, I worked with it, both the Eastern and Western. You've done. Topics. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I want to show in your book, this is seven layers of genetic programming. There's a really cool um, book and he has a lot of um, drawings in here to, you know, give you examples. But if you don't mind, I'm going to read this really quick because I think this is really cool. People don't realize this. I've talked a little bit about it on the show, but he says the human gene pool holds the collective genetic information and total number of genes available in our species. And the gene pool is sexually powered and is the total breeding stock available to our species. So our own personal gene pool comes from our ancestors and parents passing on their genetic information to us, creating an ancestral consciousness history resonating within us that emanates its information constantly. I mean, it's absolutely the truth. I'm so glad that you did a chapter on this because it's true. Now, I just want to say one thing and then I'm not as advanced as you are, or maybe I am. (laughs) actually on doing this but what i realized is what i do here and i want the audience to know this and you can expand on it i feel like whatever i do here to help humanity helps my generation helps my ancestors no matter what true yeah it can be for sure if 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 this is your sole purpose this is your sole gift this is your sole dharma then yes it will yeah that's what i thought so everybody can do it. It's not like, oh, you got to, you know, you just have to, if you live a life of um, honesty and, you know, compassion and love and kindness, it makes a difference. It makes a difference where you go after here and it makes a difference for your ancestors. I think that's cool because I just see my ancestors up there rooting for us, man. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> some of them are <laughs> and some of them aren't, aren't capable of doing that you know that's okay too but you know <laughs> sure. I love it yeah, I love yeah. it so talk, what are you doing now talk to me about the reaction on this book it just came out right October 1st it literally came out two days three days ago yeah how the exciting reaction- I've had some pretty amazing reactions from people who've had advanced readings like Tom Kenyon, who's a very well-known sound healer, and Amish Shah, who just produced a really amazing documentary on Ayurveda and wow. a few other sound healers and, and breath workers. I've had some pretty amazing reactions so far, which are <laughs> on the internet. Um, but yeah, and also I think most importantly for me, anyway, is that I've been teaching courses on this for the last year and a half or so. And so that's where I've had the most profound feedback from people who had massive healings, massive openings, massive raisings of their vibration, because they're actually using the material in the book. Right, and guiding, right. And I'm guiding them through that through online courses. So nice. that to me is the most profound feedback and the most useful because obviously I've written this book because I want to help people. Mm-hmm. And the most direct way for people to benefit from it is to actually do it. Yes, you know, exactly. Just actually, <laughs> actually have, have the experience. So what cool. I've noticed in, in, the, in the people who have been doing the courses is that 
they've had very profound shifts in their life pretty quickly and that they've also been touching the divine in a much deeper way as well so that feedback for me is the best feedback i could ever get how do people take your classes i'm just going to my website padmaaon.com there's a a link called courses and events so it's all there all the different courses and i do live workshops as well uh, mainly in europe at the moment but i'm doing one in florida in january oh, cool. so i so i teach all over the world I've, I've taught in like you know um 15 different countries so um i travel all over the world teaching and so with this book being released now i'm sure i'll be teaching aspects of the of shiva's hologram you know all over the world as well I think it's amazing. I really do. I just think this is amazing. Thank you for putting this together. I mean, I'm going to work. I'm going to do some of your stuff in here. I just think it's great. You know, I just think it's fantastic. I really believe in the power of sound. And I think that eventually, and you probably do too, that we will heal ourselves with sound. I mean, I don't think we need medical doctors at all because... I don't want to get into a whole nother deal, but we're vibration. We are energy. We are made up of chakras. We're energetic souls. And we should be able to heal ourselves with sound without doing anything else, right? Yeah, eventually, yeah. I think we can heal ourselves of many things right now through sound. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, if my leg was cut off tomorrow, I wouldn't Right. That was different. That's different. (laughs) But the disease that comes into the body, I guess, is what I'm talking about more than anything. Yes, you're correct. Yes. But I think I feel like in the future, there will be ways and means using technology and using sound together that you will be able to heal broken legs and broken bones and things like that. Absolutely. I feel that to be true. Do you think that? For sure, yeah. but it'll be yeah. it'll be using sound with technology. With, with technology, it's a com- combination. We got to bring yeah. the spiritual and the scientific together. We're working on that right now, huh? Exactly. You see that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's a future. It's a future. Mm-hmm. What do you want to leave us with today? Whatever you do, do it a hundred percent, and whatever you sound, do it with focus and intent. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay. All right, you guys. The book is called Shiva's Hologram. It's by Padma Aeon Prakasha. It's a beautiful cover too, by the way. He's got the, he's got the, um, what do you call it? You call it the, like the matrix? Is it a matrix or is it a web? The matrix web of life mandala. Very good. Very good. Thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. We learned a lot from you today. We really did. All right, you guys. So I've got a new book I'm working on. It's about the angels. And I've got some new messages from Gabriel that I downloaded. And they're on my website. And if you want an angel reading, also, you can go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's where you can listen to the podcast and you can watch our video of the shows. Okay. I hope everybody has a terrific week. Be safe out there. And God bless. Yes.